helped defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Family Life International presents Father Nicholas Grace of the Institute of the Incarnate Word. To learn more about the Institute, go to www.ive.org. The Gospel this week focuses a little bit on faith, so does the Gospel next week. So, perhaps we'll talk about faith next week, but for now, we continue our teaching on the Creed. There was a great British writer called G.K. Chesterton, and he said, the difficulty I have in explaining why I'm Catholic is because there's 10,000 reasons. But all those reasons amount to one. Catholicism is true. Mr. Chesterton believed in the Holy Catholic Church. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. And indeed, we have reached this article of our faith today, which is, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. And we're going to look at all these three parts of this article of faith today. And we're going to start back to front. Church. What does church mean? It's a translation of the Latin word ecclesia, which is a translation of the Greek word ekelein, which means to call out from, to assemble, to convocate. It means convocation. Convocation of who? The holy people of God. Why are they holy? Because the assembly to which they belong is holy. I believe in the holy Catholic Church. Why is she holy? Well, our Lord is the fount and source of all holiness, right? Well, our Lord is present in the church like no other organization. That's why St. Paul calls the church the body of Christ. His church, his body. This church, this ecclesia, this body of Christ is a instrument by which Christ sanctifies the world for those who want to be sanctified. And it's a visible sign by which the holiness of God, which is invisible, is made perceivable by us. How so? If you take the good actions, all the charitable works, the prayer that the church teaches, the worship that she offers to the whole world, divine worship, which is second to none in this world, these good actions good and holy actions manifest and make visible the good and holy God. Now this good and holy God also uses the church, as I mentioned, as an instrument. It's an instrument by which anyone who wants to be can receive holiness, sanctification. And he does it in a special way, particularly through his seven sacraments particularly through the seven sacraments. Sacraments which he set up in such a way that they 
knock on our door at the fundamental moments in our life. Baptism, usually offered to a child when a baby is born. When that baby grows into a child, confirmation. When that child matures into an adult and is robust, there's a sacrament of marriage or holy orders. When the person, though, gets old and infirm and weak, we have the sacrament of the sick, extreme unction. And the person really is in need of grace, holiness. But what accompanies, accompanies us the whole way through is the Blessed Eucharist, which is to push us on in doing good. We also have the sacrament of reconciliation to pick us up should we do bad. These are all moments of sanctification, concrete moments of sanctification. Now, I could probably close the discourse here. People are not in their heads. Makes sense. We agree. But there's a problem. A problem particularly for people on the outside of the church. You see, many clergy make grave errors. Many of the faithful aren't very faithful. So people say, they're members of the church, they're not holy, therefore the church isn't holy. So we have to make a distinction. There's a difference between the members of the church and the church herself who is pure and holy. See, many of the members can be sinners, but many are also saints. And we can understand this holiness of the church a little bit more, focusing on those saints Let's put this in context. Did anybody here see last Sunday and then again on Monday morning the debate of the politicians, Mr. Trump and Mrs. Clinton? Well, I saw it. A hundred million people saw it. And something struck me. It's that politicians are always making great promises. Politicians never stop talking about the good they're going to do. But guess what? If you compare these politicians here and their contemporary, the nearest one, Mother Teresa, I mean the politicians and the Catholic saint. Indeed, if you compare any Catholic saint in any age to their political contemporary, you know what you find? A great difference between words and deeds. The difference between talking about all the good they're going to do and actually doing good is drastic. Knock you over. You see, friends, our church is holy. It's the body of Christ. It has sinners in it, but also saints. And these saints, in every age they live in, leave a mark, an imprint, an unmistakable imprint on society of holiness and goodness that dwarfs all their contemporaries. If you really want to know what challenges the holiness of the church, you need to know about radical modernism, radical progress in the church, so-called positive change. The architects of this change would promote general absolution on demand. They tell us there's no more mortal sin, so no need for confession. 
No religion in public, so no need for our public beautiful devotions. No need for sanctity, so heaven for everybody without striving for holiness. People don't strive for holiness, so you don't see the holiness of the church. That's progressive change, all right, but it's not the kind of change our church needs. It's not the kind of change our church wants. And it's not the kind of change that we can abide by if we still want to call our church holy and Catholic. I can conclude with this expression, Catholic, our holy Catholic church, by explaining first what it means. Catholic means universal. Coined in the first century, not long after Jesus' death, by St. Ignatius, a bishop and martyr. Universal, extending to all. Because our religion extends over all the world. It's Catholic and universal because it teaches all the important things, all the things we're teaching, the important doctrines about heaven and earth, visible and invisible things. It's universal and Catholic because it exposes all class of sins and offers at the same time all remedies for those sins. It's universal and Catholic because it possesses in itself all true human values and virtues. And finally, it's universal and Catholic because it's offered to all, regardless of age or color or social class. This is our church, friends. This is our church in whom I believe and in whom I'm proud to be a member of. A church whose authority was inaugurated at the start by miracles, augmented by love. That's why I'm here. Our church whose great durability, whose great age, where we have a succession of priests and popes from Peter to Francis. That's why I'm here. And finally, the reason I'm here is that our church is, like I said, Catholic. A name which, not without reason, belongs to this church alone. So friends, that we may be kept in this pilgrim church here and participate in the triumphant church up there in heaven. We entrust ourselves to Mary, Mother of Christ and Mother of ours, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Thank mm-hmm. you.